Hey everybody, welcome back to another fun-filled edition of Aviation Lowdown. This is your host, L.O. Welcome back to the show. Today is September 23rd, 2019, and we are live this evening from New York, which, by the way, so is something else going on about 35 miles to the west of here. Funny story about that event. So I was in my backyard Saturday, I think it was. I was just uh, helping my father-in-law do a new garage door in my house, which was uh, interesting. And I'm trying to figure out how I could maximize the time the best way I could. Being a new homeowner, you quickly realize there's really no good way to maximize your time. The house kind of owns you, you know. But nevertheless, I was pondering this. And out of the corner of my eye during all these thoughts, I'm like, what the hell is that? There is this big, white, big-ass plane. Like, all right, it's flying in. And normally here where I live, if you see a big plane, if you hear a big plane, it's going to be three things. Red, yellow, and blue. Okay, and possibly four. It's going to have a gigantic Southwest logo on it. Well, this one didn't have any of those things. It actually also wasn't Frontier. Did not have a giant beaver or bear on its tail. It was a large A320 or A319. So, all right, so take that with a grain of salt. It wasn't that big. Okay. It was pretty big for what it looked like a private jet. And I'm thinking to myself, where is this thing going? Now, I also should say I live under the approach path to one of the larger runways here at MacArthur, Islip, Long Island Airport. So I do see planes from time to time. But this thing was weird because it was big and it was essentially unmarked. And I couldn't figure out what it was. I opened up my plane finder app, flight aware, nothing. You know, quickly log in, you know, log into Flight Radar 24 or whatever nothing and then about 45 minutes later after you know knowing me i had totally forgotten about that. there was another plane that came in and it was the same exact scenario it was a gulf stream this time but i'm like what the hell is this now i live in suffolk county new york so during the summer i mean obviously there's people who are flying in all day long usually by helicopter by the way but occasionally they do come in on private jet sometimes to the hampton airport east hampton sometimes to brookhaven sometimes to teeterboro white plains that's upstate farmingdale okay but also i slept so i'm like ah whatever it's just some rich people hanging out here but then i'm like wait a minute it's not summer anymore okay shout out the solstice okay happy fall to everybody what is going on? For those of you who don't know, this weekend, and even today, it is the UN Climate Action Summit 2019. So I can only assume that all those planes I saw flying in that were loud and just obvious to me that they were unusual aircraft were bringing people from all over the world, presumably leaders, to the UN Climate Action Summit. Well, that's pretty cool, I think. I mean, I figured it out, I hope. I don't know. I looked it up on FlightAware and stuff. I could not find the information. But for those of you out there who are plane spotters, maybe you know. I don't know. Maybe you're sitting outside of ISP Airport, and now you can tell me who flew into who. Uh, kind of an interesting story, but I thought it was uh, it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. Now, uh, if you guys would like to follow that climate summit thing, by the way, it's all streamed. I've been watching it on and off all day, but something to uh, to mention for sure. So 
So shifting the topic from saving the planet to perhaps saving a company, or maybe we're too late, unfortunately. Yeah, Thomas Cook. Wow, this is one of the biggest stories in a very long time. Most notably because there were so many people who got stranded all over the freaking world. The world. We're not talking about like, you know, the town over. We're talking about like, dude, you go on an international trip and you have no freaking way how to get home. Wow. As per the New York Times, hundreds of thousands of vacationers were left stranded when one of the world's oldest tour companies, Thomas Cook, abruptly announced Monday with some of its flights still in the air that it was going out of business. Amid scenes of confusion at European airports, British officials scrambled to bring home 150,000 travelers, chartering dozens of jets to bring people home from as far away as Malaysia. It was described as the largest peacetime repatriation effort in the country's history. So Thomas Cook, this is a company that predates, uh, I mean, even even the uh, the buildings of the New York Center. I mean, it's very old company. And it's considered to be a tour company. So people who would book itineraries or people to go out there and basically, you know, plan a trip or plan a vacation. I think that actually goes back to way back in the days before a scheduled excursion. This is something that you basically would, uh, you know, would all book together as being part of one big trip. So it's kind of a unique situation because with that, the, the travel plans could be really well integrated into one ticket or into one plan and we'll make your vacation or whatever you're doing a lot easier. And I mean, it basically, I mean, when you think about a company as old as 1840s, I think it was 1841 or 42 where this thing was founded, you're talking about, I mean, you started a company when the technology that you predominantly use today didn't even exist. Like, as far as I know, there were maybe like 707s, okay, but no like 73s or 787s, no 737 Max, no Airbus back then. But they had a low-cost package for holidays that really made them popular amongst a lot of the, the British. Now, of course, it didn't take very long on the internet today for a number of people to share their own opinions as to how this relates to things like Brexit and, you know, people import their political agenda into it as well. Uh, they say things like, oh, you know, the pound has been weakened and so there's a lot more uncertainty and then the travelers, maybe they didn't want to go on vacation, yada, yada, yada. But there could be some truth into some of that. But the reality is that the bottom line of the story is that Thomas Cook was a legendary company that is no more. And it's weird to think, but, you know, do we take some of these companies for granted? In other words, you know, I buy a ticket, I'm hoping that they are in business to get me home. Well, I don't think most people really think about that, you know. I posted a picture on low altitude this morning. It was a meme, and it's referencing to, you know, the Thomas Cook Way or whatnot, and it shows air stairs, and uh, people are lined up, and there's no plane. And I thought it was kind of like a just a nod to a current event, but some people got pretty triggered by that. They're like, how dare you post about Thomas Cook? Now, okay, I'm not trying to like make fun of an airline here. This is like a serious story. But it did actually bring into light to people's attention what was going on. So as far as I'm concerned, that's kind of an interesting thing. It's kind of a cool post. But hey, I'm a little biased. One person, quote, says, I have been awake for 28 hours now, and a 30-year-old engineer said in a message on Monday as he and Miss Wells, 31, were on their way to Birmingham to seek an alternate flight. Okay, well, 
600,000 vacationers left high and dry worldwide from this thing. So it's a big deal. There was a story that somebody told me once. I couldn't remember who it was, but it's an air traffic control story. And air traffic controllers have the ability to do what's called familiarization flights or fam flights. And, you know, the regulations have changed over the years and whatnot. I believe you can still do them, but I don't know. But one of the stories was that this controller was going to take a familiarization flight, which essentially means they get on the plane with the pilots and the pilots teach them or show them what happens from their perspective. It's actually extremely helpful in getting the perspective of a pilot into the minds and eyes of a controller. And they took their vacation by way of this fam flight. It's like, okay, pretty cool. Well, the only problem is when they try to come back, the airline went out of business. And so they were stuck. They were stranded. And I remember thinking, like, that's the funniest story I've ever heard. Like, that sucks, but it's also kind of hilarious. Like, you know, you're stuck on vacation. And then this happens to a massive scale. A massive scale. Like, all over Europe, there's hundreds of thousands of people just, like, just stuck. Because of the nature of this and how impactful it was, as I've mentioned, a number of people were very quick to say things like, well, Brexit caused it, or the whole mentality of exiting the European Union, or, of course, the British pound devaluing itself could be a major factor. But one of the things that I personally think of is just the fact that, you know, the bottom line of travel today where people are cutting corners to get you the cheapest rate they possibly can could mean that some bigger, quote unquote, more traditional, all inclusive stuff like Thomas Cook that basically did a lot of vacation packaging maybe suffered the brunt of that. A few years ago, I was going through some old photo albums in my parents' basement. I remember coming across a few of you know, my grandparents or my parents or whatever. And I stumbled across one of, in particular, my grandfather. And he was outside of an airport terminal, I believe. He had bags in his hands or next to him. And one thing really stuck out in my mind, and that's where was he going because he had a suit on. And I think I was a little kid when I saw this picture, but I remember asking my dad, and he's like, well, you know, grandpa just always wore a suit when he flew. It's like, you know, to the day he died, that's like what he did. Now, that's so interesting to me. How many people listening here have like put a suit on just to freaking fly on a plane? Now, maybe if you're like, you know, you're doing a wedding proposal or like you're doing a photo shoot for your Instagram account with three followers or something, but really just to fly? He was going down to like his like his snowbird getaway, you know, in, in Florida. It wasn't like any big deal. But that suit represents something to me and maybe to you and it's not to flaunt wealth or the privilege or you know the high class society it's far from it in fact i don't think he ever flew first class and he thought it was a waste of money but it definitely demonstrates that the experience of travel the whole process of travel the the checking in the getting on the plane the boarding the meeting the flight attendants the saying hello to the captain that's part of what you're getting when you're flying on a plane. And I think, in my opinion at this point, that one of the biggest reasons we see so many changes in the way people interact, especially in business today, is the notion that people now care less and less about the experience of what they're getting and what they're paying for. And they care so much more about their value of what they're actually getting in the end. And it doesn't matter if it's boarding on to an airline that's going to give you a full course meal and make you feel and look great. 
before you land in Detroit or wherever the hell you're going. Or it's a coffee shop down the street. It doesn't matter if it's $4 million or $4. What your experience is between the point at which you hand them the money and the point of you receiving your service in full, that experience and what we expect out of that experience specifically has radically changed over the past few decades. Now, over the next few weeks, there'll be a number of articles written, I'm sure, YouTube interviews, podcasts, the whole bit about what Thomas Cook did wrong so your company won't do it and so it won't happen again. And But, you know, the bottom line is they had a pretty damn good run. These guys revolutionized travel. I mean, you're talking back to a time where people didn't really have electricity. I mean, come on, that's crazy. But yet they they fell in the end. They did not keep up with the trends of the modern day. And I don't think people will mention in their analysis what I mentioned a few minutes ago. The expectation of what people get from a service today is much different than it was back in the, well, throughout most of the 20th century. You know, people today, you have an iPhone and you can get any app in the world and it can do everything for you. But when you pay for an airline ticket, that airline better not give you anything more than what you're paying because if they do, that means you're probably paying for something that you don't want to be paying for. That's the mentality. The idea of lean and mean and you better just give me what I want. And all I want to do on an airline is to be shoved into this pressurized tube, taken up to altitude, and land. And if I'm lucky, maybe I'll be knocked unconscious from sleeping, but you know. If you're like me, you find it pretty hard to sleep on a plane, but I digress. Ryanair and EasyJet and Spirit and Allegiant and all these, what they are doing is they are giving the customer exactly that. The no frills, the ultra low cost stuff. Don't give me anything else I don't want to pay for. Thomas Cook, they were all about the big package, travel agents, setting up a vacation and holiday and booking your flights and getting you transportation from the airport to your hotel and booking your hotel and your food. And you. People don't want that. They want to be able to say, I paid for this service and I got the bare minimum because that means I got the best deal. And not only that, but people today, because of the internet and because of the fact that there are so many competitors... They have a virtually unlimited number of choices out there, which makes competition very, very fierce. It's no surprise, to, for me anyway, to hear that Thomas Cook had great service. Everybody seemed to rave about their service. A number of people messaged me personally on low altitude. They're like, man, I met their pilots. You know, they were so nice and accommodating. It's like nothing in the workings of the airline should have caused this to happen. It wasn't the airline's fault in the sense of them not knowing how to fly their plane or giving people bad food or whatever else might happen. Like, no, they, you know, it was a safe airline that worked. They had great employees who are now out of a job. It was a marketing problem. It was a problem with how their ideas spread or lack thereof. It's funny. I watch YouTube all the time, and I've probably seen thousands of videos, but there's only like 10 or 15 that I've really saved as being my favorite YouTube videos of all time. And, uh, and this is going to sound like a joke, but I really don't mean it like a joke. I swear, the best video I've ever seen 
having to do with modern marketing is by the adult film producer Greg Lansky, XBiz 2017. Swear to God, I'm not making that up. And uh, by the way, there's no nudity or porn or anything, so you can you can watch it at work if you'd like. Okay, but <laughs> it's educational. It really is. I swear. The reason why I like that video is because, well, number one, he gets it. But number two, because it has to deal with the fact that most marketing today is all idea-based. It's the idea behind it. It's the community behind it. Like, I think back to ATC memes and running RadarContact.com. Like, having charts on clothing is like the stupidest idea in the world. But it's the idea that the community came together and they were like, that's kind of hilarious, you know? Which, by the way, it still haunts me to this day. I got tons of that stuff in my closet. Anybody want any? Let me know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Shout out to my old partners, RadarContact.com. But seriously, watch that video. It, it's really, really true. And then it mentions Seth Godin, who wrote Purple Cow. And how I'm tying this all to Thomas Cook is that Thomas Cook did not have their idea spread. They did not have their community. You know, I'm an obnoxious millennial. I'm 31 years old. Anybody under the age of 35, including myself, by the way, I literally get anxiety just thinking of going into a Thomas Cook brick and mortar store, sitting down with a, a travel agent and trying to come together to, you know, plan my vacation like that. That sounds terrible to me. And by the way, I'm sure they're amazing and the experience is fantastic and it's totally worth every freaking penny or pound in this case. But my point is that that's not the idea of the modern generation. The modern generation wants shit on their phone, man. I want to sit on my couch with my left thumb, scroll through the cheapest flights, and for $19.95, press one button and buy tomorrow's flight to Vegas and hope to God they give me one bag of peanuts. And if they don't, eh, it's not a big deal because it was $19.95, fully refundable or whatever, you know? That's what people want. That's why Thomas Cook was not successful in the end. Because their ideas did not meet the modern standard, which was, well, it was different than theirs. And like I said, from what I've been told, Thomas Cook was an amazing, amazing company. And the airline was fantastic. The pilots were awesome. Flight attendants were great. The planes were very, very rarely delayed. The travel agents were always fantastic and so detail-oriented. Managers were great, very receptive. People were there. They were lifers. You know, they worked on these, these, uh, these planes and the company for life. So it's not like they didn't have a system that worked. It's just that perhaps the ideas that they had were not spreading. Or more specifically, they were outdated. Now, anytime a big company goes under, or really any company for that matter, there are people who are out of a job. In this case, thousands of people, and that absolutely blows. That sucks so bad, man. I feel for them too. I really do. But... You know, it just goes to demonstrate that in the aviation industry, like any other business, it's cyclical. And Thomas Cook, at the end of the day, despite the fact that it did collapse and people lost their jobs and got stranded around the globe, <laughs> they had a pretty damn good run, man. 1841. Jesus. So think about it. It's all in the perspective. I hope the people who have been involved in Thomas Cook realize that they have a fantastic reputation. And personally, just as a side note, but I have never gotten more praise to an airline as a, just a third party, people writing me personally on low altitude. I have never heard that much response about any company than this event 
with Thomas Cook. So take it for what it's worth, but it's uh, worth mentioning. As always, guys, LO at AviationLowdown.com. would love to hear your stories about this. Got some responses from yesterday, and I'll be talking to you about those later this week. As always, LO Altitude on Instagram and AviationLowdown.com. It's LO at AviationLowdown.com. If you guys have not already, please subscribe, like this podcast, and, uh, well, give me a review. Fly high, guys, and we'll see you real soon. Bye-bye.